listening to My Work in Progress. I'm Heidi Vega, and on today's episode, we're talking about self-talk. Yes, self-talk. You know you talk to yourself. Don't don't lie. And the right way to do it. So I kind of feel like I'm doing some self-talk right now because technically you're not listening in real time. So I am basically in a room talking to myself but uh, (laughs) let me not weird you guys out in the first 30 seconds of this podcast Um, before I get into the episode I do want to just invite you guys to subscribe to this podcast follow this podcast if you haven't already I upload every Thursday and go ahead and follow me on Instagram at it's me Heidi V that's where I keep you guys updated on the podcast what's to come and all that good stuff so let's get into this episode So let's just talk about what is self-talk exactly. It's just you, it's like there's you experiencing life and then there's you watching you experience life and analyzing you experience life and having like your own little comment section in your brain about what you're doing and what you're going to do and what you've done. It has a place for both past, present, and future. And there's this little space between those two. And sometimes when you give yourself enough space, you're able to clearly think and speak to yourself basically about those three aspects of your life, your past, your present, and your future. And it's the the larger the space the more freedom you feel and the less emotional gravity <laughs> weighs on you if that makes sense so for example for most people when they talk to themselves they are very close up on each other's there's very little space between you as the person experiencing something and you as the person that's watching you experience something so for example let's say I'm at the at a coffee shop at Starbucks and I'm talking with a friend and I spill my coffee right there's if there's very little space between me and the person who's who who spilled the coffee I will be very you know um all in my feelings and my face will turn red regardless of how much space there is between us but I will you know get very embarrassed very quickly and I can react and say things out loud like oh I'm sorry I'm such an idiot or uh you know what I mean and come off very negative towards myself because I'm in the moment presently feeling all those eyes on me about how I just spilled my coffee and in my mind I'm thinking oh all these people think you're an idiot um, all these, <laughs> you look like a klutz, whatever. And then if there's just a little bit more space between me experiencing spilling coffee and me watching me spill the coffee, I might, um, say, oh, oh my gosh, my bad, my mistake. And, um, uh, get this cleaned up 
oh, I hope this doesn't bother, you know, the people working here. Um, it'll be quick. I'll clean it up. I wonder if I can get another coffee. Um, just things that aren't <laughs> like this is the end of the world moment. Um, and you have those feelings like this moment of all moments is a defining moment in your life. And you'll have moments where that is possibly very true. And then there's a lot of moments where that is not true. And you're just in your feelings, in your thoughts, in your head about a certain situation that's happening in the moment. And obviously when you're in it, it's everything to you. It's it's your life. It's your world. So there's a very likely chance that you've been doing it the way I'm saying, where there's very little space between you experiencing something and the person watching you, and you have the tendency to get caught up in emotions and honestly not think very clearly about what's going on, what's actually going on. Because by being so close on it, like, for example, you're better at giving advice to a friend than you are to yourself. <laughs> you don't take your own advice. And there's, oh my goodness, that's so common. I've done that before. I think everybody has done that at one point in their life, that they give advice that's really good advice. But <laughs> even then, they don't they don't take that and um, use it in their own lives because you're, you have the tendency to be nicer, to be smarter about other people's situations. And then on your own, you're so clouded by feelings and emotions that most of the time you don't make a very logical um, decision. So you've most likely been doing it like the way I said, but the, the other side that the other way you could do it. And that's, um, I don't think it was this year. I honestly think that this was discovered maybe two years ago. Um, they did research and I actually only learned about this recently. And that's why I'm bringing it to you guys. Maybe you guys are only going to learn about this recently, but I maybe might be late to the game. Let me know if you guys knew this already, but you can talk to yourself as if you're somebody else, not somebody else. I guess you would talk to yourself as if you're in, in third person. So instead of saying, oh, I messed up this and this and this, you'll say, Heidi, why'd you mess up? <laughs> Heidi as um, third person or your, well, obviously your name, not Heidi. Don't, don't talk about me in your little self-talk. <laughs> Anyways, so that would be the verses. And what they found was by using third person, you're more, more likely to be um, emotionally sound about whatever's going on in that moment and you have the tendency to have a much more positive self-talk so instead of putting yourself down or feeling like I can't do this you'll say Heidi I know this seems very difficult and this um, is a, a, a big challenge for you but I think if we I think that you can push through it I think Heidi can do this, or not even Heidi, you can do this. Not even I think, just Heidi, you can do this. Just put your head in the game, <laughs> right? So that would be, you know, an example of self-talk that comes out a lot more positive than if you're just using first person. Now, I, at first I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been practicing it for a few days now and I do see myself kind of being more like gentle with myself because I have the 
I have had the tendency, especially in certain areas, like you'll find that there's certain areas in your life, unless you're just totally, you know, ridiculously mean to yourself all day, you'll find that there's just some areas in your life where you have the tendency to be more harsh with yourself. And it's because of the way you see your past experiences, most likely, and the way you feel about your present moment. And that's kind of partially subconscious, you know, that's that's partially um, things that you may not necessarily know exactly why you're that way, but they are lurking right there in your subconscious and um, you just keep reinforcing it by the negative self-talk that you have about that certain subject. So, so for me, it would definitely be um, anything that has to do with my body. It has, has a tendency to be more negative. Lately, that's not been the case. I've actually been a lot more positive with myself as far as my body goes. And, um, and in other aspects too, and a lot of other aspects, but that one has definitely been something that I've, um, feel like has been a, a bit of a struggle for me over the course of my life. And now I'm feeling like I'm getting to a place where I can actually enjoy myself and out, even like out, like I don't find myself being so uncomfortable with the way I look and so focused on it. It used to be like I couldn't even really have good conversation or be in the present moment at a social event because I was so concerned about the way I looked and so worried that people might see a curve where there shouldn't be one (laughs) and things like that. So I've found that um, in those aspects of your life you you really need to concentrate on using that third person because that's where it needs it the most that's where you have the most irrational um thoughts about yourself and most just negative thoughts about yourself so and did you know this also convinced me to try it that many celebrities do this like often and are taught this very likely by their mentors and um, just kind of their people, obviously, they pay these people hella money <laughs> to help them, especially athletes and people that um, can easily get into their own heads and affect their money, um, do it all the time. They, they do the third person practice of talking about themselves in third person. It actually helps not even just within themselves, but people... Um, understand their situation it sounds weird but it's like um, when LeBron James left Cleveland for Miami Heat he actually if you watch the video he actually kind of explains himself and he explains himself in third person he says LeBron I was doing what I thought was best for LeBron will make LeBron James happy and you see him talk that way and it almost elicits a kind of empathy for him and I think that was the point that people would feel that okay this isn't coming from like a selfish place as much when you say I or when you say third person as opposed to saying I it's almost like I kind of takes all the heat when you say it no pun intended and um Saying it in third person almost doesn't. And even when you're like talking about yourself to somebody else in and you're saying your own name, 
someone said they see that person as just being a person suddenly, like as a human being <laughs> more uh, because they have like this name attached to it, the pronoun as opposed to just saying I. It's very strange. But anyway, this leads me to, um, did you know? Okay, so I, I practice uh, self-talk a lot and I'll do it out loud. There's different kinds and I'll get to that, but I practice self-talk a lot and uh, I do it out loud a lot of the times, especially when I'm busy and I have to like focus on, okay, these things need to get done right now. I need to hurry up and do this and this. And I'm like in like the zone kind of, and my daughter will be around um, most often when I'm doing that. And I'll, I'll kind of do it almost for her as well, especially if she's like part of the task at hand, you know, getting her dressed. It's like, okay, first we need to get you dressed. And then we need, you know, you kind of start narrating everything when you have a child, especially just to like kind of be interacting with them and almost, I'm trying to lead her, you know, as far as like, okay, these things, this is what mommy is doing. And, you know, hopefully that she follows along, which she actually does for the most part. But either way, I do this and I start self-talking sometimes, not including her. And I notice sometimes she'll do that. And it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. She'll just, like, she'll be in her room and she'll be playing kind of by herself. She plays by herself really well. I mean, she has to. She is an only child. So she has that down packed. But She'll be playing with herself as if she's like the mom. She'll have her baby and she'll be doing this self-talk like, okay, we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. And I'm like, what is going on? And it's just the most, it's the cutest thing I've ever seen. But I found that, um, I looked it online, like how young do we start kind of talking to ourselves? And I guess two would be around the age, the same time that you develop language you could be doing a kind of self-talk younger but we wouldn't necessarily be sure that that's what's going on um but self-talk is just developed a lot better at by two years old so by two years old you're already kind of practicing the self-talk but we notice that in children it only seems to happen um or it more often just seems to happen when they're having a task so like if I tell Riri to clean her room or something that they have to kind of regulate themselves on that doesn't isn't innate just like naturally <laughs> they don't naturally know just how to you know clean up a room or behave themselves basically so we see it most often in that but what's wonderful is that self-talk in children shouldn't be um you know, in, in any way kind of interrupted or um, stopped, basically, because it's actually healthy and it indicates emo emotional intelligence. I bring up the children and how it affects children because I think that a lot of the times I talk to Riri in third person. We talk to children in third person, especially in the beginning, because we have the tendency to feel like that's a better way for them to understand what's going on, especially when she gets emotionally riled up. I feel like I talk to her in third person and say, you know, mommy doesn't like it when you do that. Or I'll say, um, you know, Riri needs to finish her food before she goes out and plays. And I usually resort to that uh, third person kind of conversation, especially when I feel like she's getting emotionally 
um, like caught up in her feelings and not really listening to me. So that leads me to, and I think I also do it, I did it in the beginning just to kind of help her understand what's going on because it helped like paint exactly what was going on to say it in third person instead of saying you or I. And it also leads me in to discuss the importance that this has on our ability to understand reality because the way we talk to ourselves and the way we talk to others really paints a picture of what's going on. There was a study from the Netherlands in 2013 where scientists noticed that anorexic women would walk through a doorway in the lab and they would turn their shoulders sideways as if they were trying to squeeze through, although they had plenty of space. So you know, these women were acting upon something that they felt was very visible and they could almost, they acted like they were almost in those bodies that they saw, although that wasn't the case. And um, I kind of talked a little bit about this in the Tess Holiday episode about my experience of losing weight and then feeling and, and looking, thinking that I looked huge and still big and um kind of how my mental health was um not very all the way there at that time because I obviously uh was not seeing reality for what it was and I was very caught up in the years and years of self-talk that involved me saying that I was never going to be thin, that I was always going to be like this, that it was impossible for me to lose the weight, that I looked this way. And I that was years and years of it that led up to a moment where I was where I wanted to be technically and I still couldn't see it. And it's crazy how your mind can do that. Um, and that was, I want, I want to say that it was a lot of self-talk that led to the, me to be that at that place where I couldn't see myself for what I was. Or for what I look like, I guess. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's super important self-talk more than just like emotional stability, but to be able to see reality for what it is almost. And, um, there's different types of self-talk. There is the self-talk that you have, um, very often, which is like little, little comments here and there. They aren't long conversations that you have with yourself. And then you have the longer ones. And then you have things like you rehash the past um, out with yourself, basically. And you're like, I did this, I did that. And you kind of just, yeah, you rehash the past and you are trying to almost look for an answer or hope that there was a different ending. And a lot of it ha might have to do with some regret that you may have. And then we have like thinking so far into the future of all the different possibilities of what could happen. And you kind of, um, that that's included in self-talk too. Because you kind of have a conversation with yourself of how things could potentially um, play out. And then you have self-talk that is basically... Um, you like critiquing yourself um you have positive self-talk obviously in any of those scenarios where you positively look at that so like you can look in the future and think it could go really well like this it could go really well like this it could go positively like this you know 
and then you can have like kind of a negative uh, shadow over it where you're negatively thinking like it's all going to go bad no matter which way it plays out. Either way, self-talk today, um, I feel like participating in social media and I think you have more opportunities for self-talk because you get caught up in a world that is not really existing in your presence, like physically in front of you playing out. It's a digital representation of somebody's physical space, if that makes sense. So someone takes a picture, you know, in France, right? This is happening miles and miles away from you. And it's not a friend necessarily, not somebody you've ever met even. And suddenly they're in your presence in form of the digital media and you respond to it and it's almost like you're, you get caught up in your own mind when you're on social media because even if you, whether you know it or not, you are concentrated on your feelings about whatever you are seeing on the screen and although sometimes it feels like you're zone you zone out while you're looking at it you're still in your head and I challenge you that when you look at your Instagram when you go to your whatever social media today just kind of sit back and and try to see the way that you are behaving on social media as far as like what thoughts run through your mind and this can be really hard because then you're thinking about what thoughts are running through your mind right you think about you thinking about you thinking it it goes down the rabbit hole and it can get kind of crazy but um just and it doesn't have to be like a brain exercise that hurts like your head afterwards it's really just like get on social media like you normally would but as soon as like you catch something, because sometimes I catch myself, um, even before this, I would catch myself like saying, thinking something that wasn't necessarily necessary for me to be thinking. Um, for example, I would be like, oh, her hair is pretty. I wish I had hair like that. It, it'd always be like, I wish I had that. I wish I had this. I wish I, you know, very comparison um, centered. And just analyze that and try to be kinder to yourself and try to see yourself or try to third person yourself even on social media so like you know even when you look at your old post or you say oh Heidi would be great friends with her or you know something along those lines where you can be a little bit more um, logical from the standpoint of the fact that if someone only knew you on social media only saw your social media I'm sure they would think great things about that your life must be really nice and that you don't see any of the issues or the problems as much as you see the beautiful pictures and the wonderful scenery and the positive attitude when every one of us, myself included, who has posted something positive for other people has been because we're feeling either very positive or very negative and need positivity and feel like maybe we can give some of that back because don't think that just because I post something positive that I don't have negative moments throughout my day that um, might get me a little down. 
And that's why I put it out there is so that other people will also see something positive if they're having a negative moment. And I find that that really helps when other people post something positive or um, reaffirming or motivational that I will suddenly feel like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> or Heidi can do this, I guess I should say. But um, I feel like time is less relevant than a hashtag when you are on social media. You know, it doesn't matter that it's it's from 10 years ago. It's a throwback Thursday, and that's what's relevant. So, you know, social media is definitely a different almost playing field for us um, than it is in our physical day-to-day world. And I think we should be aware that self-talk is just as important when we are on social media than as it is when we're um, in our day-to-day routines. So... Like anything, obviously it's going to take practice, but I did want to share you guys share with you guys um this whole idea of third personing your self talk. Uh you don't have to do it all the time because obviously that gets exhausting <laughs> of like having to try to remember always saying Heidi this and third personing everything, but third personing even a phrase, I feel like I just made it a phrase. <laughs> when you third person stuff your talk um you can you don't have to do it all the time but it's definitely useful when you're really going through some extreme moments where you feel like you're emotionally kind of all over the place and you need like very much some some logic and ability to get through that whatever it is that you're going through and if it's stressing you out if it's causing you anxiety Try to switch to third person, like perspective, and see how that works for you. It's worked for me a good number of times. So I hope you guys find this helpful. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate your time. Um, Hit me up on Instagram. Let me know what you guys think. Um, What was I going to tell you guys? I had something in my mind that I was like, I need to tell my listeners. Either way, I'll probably end up posting it on Instagram anyways. So uh, don't forget to follow me on Instagram. Uh, Review this podcast if you haven't already, guys. I really appreciate reviews. It really helps other people find me and see what I'm about. So again, thank you for listening. Appreciate your time. Don't forget to unapologetically be a work in progress.